Welcome to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. Mormon Mompreneur is a home for women of faith who desire to be strengthened in motherhood and empowered in business. We thrive off of talking with other women with unique experiences and vision who have felt guided by the divine to bring about remarkable things at home and abroad. Welcome back to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. I am super excited to chat with all of you today, but more excited to introduce to you someone who is a real game changer here for Mormon Mompreneur. We are going to be talking with Elise Curtis today. Now, if you don't know who Elise is, you may know what she has really blossomed into creating. She has created SALT. SALT is an LDS women's retreat dedicated to strengthening Latter-day women and drawing them closer to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Not only is her retreat something that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about and how it was born, but more importantly, how the Lord has worked through healing her by providing her with this opportunity to create SALT, this incredible LDS women's retreat. So welcome, Elise. I am so glad that you are here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and I feel really honored (laughs) to be talking to you right now. Well, I'm feeling the same way. So really, I just want to dive straight in because Elise, this is a big deal. I about just rolled over and cheered when I heard about how SALT came about. Can you just open up with our audience right off the bat and tell us how SALT was created and how it's helped you? So just a little background, I was brought up in the church, I was very involved in seminary and institute and very involved in EFY as a participant and then as a counselor and I ended up being a coordinator for one summer. I served a mission in the Canada Calgary mission. From outward, people look at me and kind of could think that I was maybe this, in quotes, like a perfect Mormon person that had a strong testimony and believed in Christ and would never waver. I was great and I had a really strong testimony and I'm grateful for those opportunities to be able to bear my testimony in the past. And I started having kids and after my second child, uh, she was about six months and I started getting pretty depressed and really overwhelmed and had a lot of anxiety. And it lasted for probably about a year and a half. It was to the point that I couldn't really function. And my husband was having to start texting people back and emailing people back. And I just was letting everything fall because I just couldn't handle life. I remember going probably like four times a week, four to five times a week, just sitting in my shower. That was like my escape place and just bawling because I would hit this point of overwhelm that I couldn't handle anymore. And I would run to the bathroom. (laughs) And I feel really bad for my husband because he, he, just sat there and took care of me and and was so patient with me. And I don't think he fully understood. I didn't understand what I was dealing with. I don't think I understood that I was depressed for about nine months after it started. That was kind of the basis of that. I had to stop a couple of my other little side jobs that I was doing. Some of them, I just had to quit flat out. I was working full time at that time as well. And so we had made plans for me to end up quitting that job. And at that same time of quitting that job, I took a break from photography. I just needed to focus on myself. During that time though, I really questioned a lot about the gospel and really questioned a lot about what I believed. And I remember talking to other people and them hearing of other return missionaries that had fallen away and little comments like, 
I don't even know how that can happen. Like they spent, you know, a year and a half to two years teaching the gospel. How can they even fall away? And here I was questioning a lot. And I remember telling these people, like, I know how, like I'm there. I, I feel it. I don't, I guess I don't feel it. That's the problem. I wasn't feeling the spirit in my life. And I remember being asked to speak in church about temples and accepting it at first, but about a week or two weeks before I ended up calling and saying I couldn't do it because I was questioning that even. It got to the point that I had a really hard time even saying God or Jesus Christ or Satan. I felt extremely silly when I would talk about those things. Throughout all of this, I still was kind of going to church, but I don't think I was truly getting much out of church because I had babies and, you know, I was in the the mother's lounge nursing or I was sitting in nursery. So I don't think I was truly getting a ton out of my time at church. So probably about a year and a half after I started this downward spiral, I was talking to my brother and we were talking about a couple different women in our lives that were kind of questioning the church and different things. And I remember telling him, there just needs to be an EFY for women. Famous last words, Elise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think my brother and I really spoke about it much on that phone call. And But the minute I hung up, it was for three weeks straight, all consuming. Like that thought to this event, it was all consuming. And I remember for three weeks going to bed thinking about it, waking up thinking about it, all day thinking about it and how this could look. I had had in my mind this big event. Obviously, I couldn't make it five days like EFY was, but okay, we're going to do, you know, three days. And I started thinking about it and I talked to a couple different people about it and it just seemed so big, but I also knew that it had to happen. And my biggest fear was that if I didn't do it, then somebody else would, that maybe God would start working through someone else to make it happen. So those three weeks went by and I prayed about it and I finally was able to get to the temple. And I remember praying about it and thinking about it in the temple and not getting really any answers until I left. And the answer was very clearly to my mind, take care of yourself before you take care of others. And I accepted that as my answer. So and, I left. And that most likely was not the answer you were looking for, right? No, not at all. <laughs> you were waiting for the green light to move forward with creating yeah. an EFY for women, right? Exactly. I wanted, that's, I went to, to get that answer of, okay, like, I will do it this fall. I will do it whenever. And, you know, obviously this was last year. And yeah, so I was kind of a little taken back by that, a little frustrated by that answer because I felt like this was something that I was being called to do. But why wasn't it happening right now? And would you say that this this moment in the temple was like one of the first times in like year and a half or more that you had felt the spirit? Like, was it a really impactful moment for you? Definitely. Thank you. It's interesting as I've been going through this that people making comments like that make me realize, yeah, that was like that probably was the first time that was probably the first time I had been to the temple in a really long time. So I think that probably was and and I'm grateful that I listened to that because I had that thought to take care of myself and I think that was exactly what I needed because I was still struggling. I was still on that point that I felt silly saying God and Jesus Christ and Satan. Even though deep down I knew these things were true, my mind was telling me something different. I still needed to take care of myself. So for probably about two weeks after or two months after that experience in the temple, I thought about it daily, but it wasn't all consuming. It was like, yeah, that'll be nice someday when that happens. And then the summer hit last year and 
life just got busy. And so I kind of didn't think about it that much. And then August 2nd, I was sitting in my living room with my husband and we were still talking about my struggles and things that I doubted and and different struggles that I had. And I got the very distinct impression right there to start a Facebook group. And so I stood up from the couch and I went to my computer and I told my husband, I'm like, Kate, I feel like I need to start a Facebook group. I feel like there might be other women that are struggling. And he's like, okay, just sitting there. And I felt like it should be called Be The Light. And so I started it. And within a couple of weeks, we had over 900 people that were a part of that group. And it was amazing to see how through prompting, uh, through questions or whatever, so many people were struggling with a lot of my same issues. Some, A lot of people had depression and anxiety that were making them have a hard time feeling things. A lot of people were having a hard time because their family members were choosing to leave the church and they didn't know how to go about that. And a lot of times, a lot of people felt so alone because they felt like they might be having questions, but they look around and everyone else seemed to be okay. (laughs) And so I think this became a space for people to share conference talks and be uplifted and share questions and concerns. And it turned out to be something really awesome. That month, it started to be more apparent again that SALT needed to happen. And I didn't have a name yet for SALT. It was just something that this women's event felt like it needed to happen again. I started to look at event space and working with my friend to look at event space. And I started to think and pray about different names. And my sister-in-law came up with SALT and it just hit really, really hard that we are the salt of the earth that we need to be used to help other people come unto Christ. So that was probably last September. And I even think I wanted it to happen. I wanted to be able to launch salt in September, October. And, you know, I was kind of on that fast track again of like, hey, this needs to happen. But event space wasn't coming together. I didn't feel right about anything. And during this time, I still was gaining my testimony back. And there were still times that I struggled with saying God and Jesus Christ and Satan. And I think God really needed me to be in a position to be able to bear my testimony without faltering, without questioning before I can start having like helping other people and advertising for this. And I guess helping other people come into Christ, I needed to know where I stood with him. And so it was probably about the middle of November that things really started to feel good again. I started feeling things again. And I think that was one thing that with depression and anxiety, you have a hard time with. You don't feel things as much as (laughs) you could before. So people ask me like how I got my testimony back. And I think I, I told a friend that was struggling. I told her a while ago, like you just, it's a choice. You need to choose to, to do it. But then I realized that was so wrong because I chose back in February of last year that I wanted to do this event and that I wanted to help God. But even once I chose, it was still another eight months of me questioning and doubting. And it wasn't until I started that Be The Light group and I really made the conscious effort to read my scriptures and to, if anyone posted a conference talk on that page, I would read it. Or if anyone posted their testimony, I would read it. What reminds me of it, there was a line in in an EFY song from when I was a counselor and it says, live like you believe live like you know. And I feel like that was my fall last year. I was trying to live like I believed. I was trying to live like I know, even though I still had questions and doubts. And I think about middle of November, I really started to know 
there's no question that questions can arise in our hearts and in our minds and in our families with our spouses about the gospel, that our testimonies can be very much roller coasters and, and sometimes they go lower down than we ever can imagine. And so, like you said, advice can be given to, well, just decide, just decide mm-hmm. to believe and go. But you said that wasn't enough. What advice would you give fellow Mormon mompreneurs or just fellow women who may be in a position in which there are some things that are rough for them to understand that they're trying to come to terms with? What is the next step for them? Like I said, that chorus of that song, live like you believe, live like you know, has a lot of power. I truly think by talking to a lot of people lately through SALT and a lot of friends and everything that people are going to the wrong sources to find truth. And I was in that. When I was doubting things, I would scroll through Facebook and see people's long posts about why they don't believe in the church and why everything is wrong. And in my mind, I thought, okay, I have to, you know, I need to be well-rounded. I should read their opinion. And so I started reading their opinions and every negative opinion towards the church that I read, it made me feel even more further away from God. I was reading the scriptures recently and I was reading about the tree of life and how the rod of iron is the word of God. And I was thinking about if we want to get to the tree of life, to eternal life, to feel God, to feel God's love, which that's what it is, we need to hold on to that rod of iron, which is the word of God. And I think if people are struggling with things about the church, at least I'm speaking from my opinion and from my experience, was that I wasn't turning to the right places for truth or for answers to my questions. I wasn't going to the temple. I wasn't reading my scriptures or listening to conference talks. I can't tell you during that time, that year and a half period, how many times I was turning to the word of God. And I think that's why I fell away so deep and so fast because I was turning to other people's opinions. I think about women and people in general that are struggling with the gospel and struggling with past prophets' choices or other people's choices and how they're letting their choices determine their relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. And I think that that is something that a lot of people struggle with and I struggled with myself. And it wasn't until I decided to focus on my relationship with God and my relationship with my Savior that things started to come back together and I started to feel God's love again. And I really truly believe it was because I was holding on to the Word of God. I was turning to those sources rather than turning to the sources of other people. I think we learn from when we're young that, okay, if you have a bad thought, what do you do? You Mm -hmm. sing a hymn or you, you know, you look at your CTR ring, but it also works the opposite. If we're not filling our lives with the things like the Word of God and conference talks and the words of all of our leaders and those things that it can be replaced by other things. And sometimes those other things take us in the totally opposite direction. They don't make us stagnant, they pull us in a new direction. And so you've given me a lot to think about, about (laughs) what I allow myself to hear and read and listen to and all those things. So one of the great things I think about you is the ability to just lay it out on the table and say, you know, sometimes I am awesome and I'm a disciple and I am rocking it and I'm a great example. And you know what? I've also had a really dark period in my life. And I think that that's something that is going to really take salt to a new level with you being sort of the voice behind that, really giving a voice to every single woman in the church who has fluctuated in their testimony, whether it's large or small, but also in their desire to be active 
perspective and fulfill callings and all those different things, I think you're going to be such a force for good. Well, thank you. <laughs> I feel so honored that we've had the chance to talk with you. Now, tell me what you think with other women that may be listening right now that feel like, look, I've got this idea. I sort of had a moment, the whole, you know, an EFY for women moment. We'll call it that. They've yeah. had one of those moments and yet they're pretty nervous about going forward with it, which is common, I think, for any new business idea to really mm-hmm. go after and get it done. What is your advice to them? I thought about this a lot. I think one big thing is to not be afraid to fail because you will fail. (laughs) And I have failed through salt. I have made mistakes and I have probably said things that maybe weren't correct. But with every failure, I've really tried to learn something from that. And I think back to my beginning days of making bows and selling them on Etsy and different things like that. Like I have failed quite a bit on a large scale. I've failed different businesses and on a small scale, like making different mistakes that I was able to get over easily. But I think that that's one thing that I would give advice on is find the lesson in your failure. Don't let that define you. Don't let your failure define you and think that you can't do it, but find the lesson in it and keep pushing forward. I feel like if this is something that God wants you to do, then he will make it happen. I mean, you look at my experience that Sarah pointed out was that I went to the temple and that was my first answer for salt, but I wanted it to be something different. I wanted God to tell me last March, last February to go forward with it. He was going to pave the way and he was going to make it happen. But I needed to be patient and learn to do it on God's time. And without a doubt, like I know that this is God's work and that I am just his instrument to get this done and to help other women that might be struggling and to help other people come into Christ. So if you feel like this is of God to keep pushing forward, but don't be afraid to fail and find that lesson in your failure. I think that would be my advice. That's amazing. You're at such a unique point. You've done wedding videography, you have done Etsy, you're doing salt, all these different things that are going on. And one of the most common questions that we get from Mormon mompreneurs when they see women like you pulling off the things that you're pulling off, they say, how do you do it? What does your day-to-day look like? How do you make this happen? It happens on a lot of Dr. Pepper and... (laughs) I kind of laugh when people ask me that because I look at other people all the time and think, how do they do that? Because I do feel like I'm just sometimes running around with my head cut off. I was thinking today about a quote that I found on Pinterest a long time ago, and I actually posted about it on Instagram today, but it says, expectation is the root of all heartache um, by William Shakespeare. And I think that as moms and as women, we expect so much of ourselves. Like we expect our house to be spotless all the time, our kids to be perfectly groomed and our cars to be clean and everyone to be fed healthy meals and everything. Man, the minute you said cars be clean, my stomach just dropped. (laughs) I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that one. (laughs) Really, I think that there are so many things that we expect of ourselves and it causes heartache because when we expect ourselves to be perfect, we're not going to be perfect. Like we're never going to be perfect in this life. So I think that's one thing that I have learned over time, maybe through depression or whatever, but to just be gentle on myself and to be more forgiving and be more loving to myself. And I posted yesterday on Instagram a quote that I thought of to count our wins instead of our losses. If I clean up a couple coloring books off the table, 
then count that as a win, you know, rather than just passing by it every single day like I normally do. And truthfully, I mean, I think the elephant in the room is that many of us who are in business, we have given up something for it. Mm -hmm. We've given up something for it. And if you can see my that the trucks all behind my chair here as we're talking on this podcast, I mean, I give up a spotless house. That is part of what I give up. I give up Netflix shows. Let's be honest. It's just not part of my life right now. So I do think that there are things that we give up. What are some of the things that you feel like you've sort of given to the Lord as an offering to say, okay, I'm giving this up in order to move forward with these projects that you felt inspired to do? For sure, a spotless house, (laughs) for sure. There's definitely- We will survive. (laughs) Yes, we'll survive. It gets to the point probably once, sometimes twice a week that I look around the house and I get really overwhelmed. Like, and my husband hears it like, oh my gosh, it's such a disaster. I need to clean everything. And he's always great of helping out when he's home. But that's one of them. One thing that has been, I guess, harder for me lately is just eating healthy and exercising. That's one thing that I want to do. But there's other times that I'm so tired that I would rather just watch a movie with my husband at night than go to an exercise class or that's one thing that I'm being patient with myself with drinking soda and not making the best food decisions because I know that there will be a time that I will be able to put more effort and focus into that but right now I kind of just need to survive (laughs) we are soul sisters girl other than me being diet pepsi we're soul sisters (laughs) the clean house and the 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 sweet bod are not part of my lives right now (laughs) yeah someday 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 There will be a time. It's true. Uh, Elise, you have such incredible things to offer the world. I am so excited to just see salt absolutely explode. You are going to help so many women all across the world. I have no doubt. Well, thank you. So thank you so much for kind of chatting with us. And just in a little bit of a closing to your amazing podcast that's going to help so many women, what would you say to women who are feeling discouraged and who are feeling distant from the Lord? How would you end your podcast to get them back on track and back in touch with their Heavenly Father? I think to know that you are not alone. There are so many women out there that are struggling as well. And I think if we start talking to our fellow people around us, I was able to connect with my mom while she was having a little bit of a faith crisis, nothing huge, but she was doubting stuff. And I could connect with her and I think about how me doing salt has has put me in a position to be able to talk to more people about where they're at. And I think about all the little text messages that I've gotten and Facebook messages or whatever of women that are struggling. So just knowing that you're not alone. I do want to make a plug that if you are depressed and have anxiety or other struggles like that, there are other ways to help. It's not just turning to God and everything will be healed because that was one thing that worked for me. And I think that I needed to know that. I needed to go through that for a certain purpose in my life. I just think making sure that you know that you're not alone and that if you are struggling with depression or anxiety or panic attacks or whatever it might be, that you're not doing anything wrong. And there's other ways to help with that. And there could be the ways of medication or therapy and I feel like if I knew how medication and therapy could help me when I was depressed, I didn't really know that. I think I would have gone down that route. And also, my biggest thing, and I'm starting a um, women's night out at the temple once a month. I'm hosting it, but I want women to go to the temple, whether at the temple we're hosting it at or whichever temple you can get to. 
But I want you to focus on your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ and with our Heavenly Father and put a focus on that and not so much focus on other people's relationship with God and how they view it. I think if we all focus on our own personal relationship with our Savior, He will be able to create miracles in our lives that we would have never understood or never would have received if we weren't focusing on that relationship. Those are kind of my (laughs) tips, I guess. Fantastic. Elise, the Lord has sent you to do great things, and I am so impressed with the grace that you've given yourself through the challenges that you've had and the way you've used it to help others and inspire others and and welcome others who are in the same boat or experiencing those same things. So we are excited to watch SALT explode and to see it help so many women. And we're excited to see where your message goes with all of your heart and fervor. I have no doubt it's going to go great places. Thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the Mormon Mompreneur podcast. Check out our other episodes and learn from other women of faith, motherhood, and business as they share their unique stories and experiences. Go to www.mormonmompreneur.com or the iTunes store to learn more.